Hey guys, it's Austin jumping in just ahead of the episode for a special dedication. I realized through a news article release just before we were getting ready to publish this episode that Stephen Moore, the actor who plays the Silurian leader Eldane, actually passed away on October 4th. So uh, right around the time that we were getting ready for watching this episode and preparing the backstory and everything, so we wanted to dedicate episode number 72 to the memory of Stephen Moore. Uh, we saw him in this role one time through the course of Doctor Who so far, but uh, he was also well known for many other roles. One of the most notable ones that I saw was he played the voice of the paranoid android Marvin from the, uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and is well known and beloved for that role uh, throughout the UK. So this one is for Stephen Moore. Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that believes the lizard people are returning from the center of the earth. It's coming, guys. It's got to happen at some point. I like, mean, we've been waiting. It's been nine years, so only 991 to go. <laughs> but they're on the way. We're waiting. Can't wait to see those. Oh, wait, the episode took place in 2020. Yeah. So it's 1,001 years. No. We have future, future no. information. It's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trep. And, and we're the Noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week, and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two sons who haven't. So welcome to a very special episode, number 72, covering series 5, episodes 8 and 9, The Hungry Earth and Cold Blood. This is the one, or the ones, where the Doctor, Rory, and Amy... Meet lizard people from the center of the earth. They try to form a treaty with humans, but it doesn't work. And Rory died again. Remember that one? Again? Yeah, he died the oh, last yeah. episode. He got yeah. dusted. Oh, yeah. Granted, <laughs> it was fake. Is this just going to happen like every single episode? Like they're going to find a way to kill Rory and bring <laughs> Oh, that would be sad. That would be funny. Honestly, I kind of want that to happen now. But You're at a terrible the same human being. point, no. You are evil. <laughs> I can't believe you would say something like that. <laughs> All right, so this is story number 209, originally airing May 22nd and 29th of 2010. Uh, this was written by Chris Chibnall. Does that name ring a bell? Mm, it does, I've, but I can't I've heard remember. It, but I don't know. I don't, I don't remember know. what he did. He, he was in the, Doctor Who. He's the current showrunner. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, we mention yeah. this every time he yeah, comes on. That's right. So, uh, so he wrote both of these episodes, and these were also both uh, directed by Ashley Way. This is, this is a guy named Ashley. Oh, that, that threw me off when I first saw this picture. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, he he has been around the Hooniverse for a little <laughs> bit. Um, mostly he did Torchwood. He did some Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, and then he did these two episodes. And then he did a couple of Tardisodes and some Minisodes. Uh, but so he's done a little bit of everything. Yeah, he's, uh, he's yeah, kind of been, yeah. he's been in the action. Yeah. Um, and he also did some of one of our other favorite BBC shows, Merlin. <laughs> he I don't I don't know which episodes, but he directed yeah. some episodes of Merlin. So. We'll have to go back and check out and see if we can come up with some episodes and maybe talk about it on the next show. Yeah, yeah I'll get right on that. All right, guys, Noobs in the Hoopian is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. And we've got a special deal, as always, for Noobs in the Hoopian listeners. So go to store.r5websitemanagement.com and use the code... Noobs. at checkout and get 15% off your entire order and you can get started building your awesome website today. Uh, notable in the cast this week was mainly just uh, Alea slash Restack. Um, I don't know, uh, did, did you guys pick up that that was the same person? Same actress? I, I did not see that. Um, I knew they were like supposed to be alike. I just thought they did like good makeup. Because yeah. I knew there were some so, shots were kind of cut between them. I was wondering why I never showed a shot with them. I never showed them together? Shot. Yeah. So, Alea, which was the Silurian that was captured and eventually killed, and Restack, who was the head of the military, they were the same actress. They and were related in the episode. They, so. they came yeah. from the same gene chain. So, I, I, don't, I don't really get don't, that. I don't know if there's a yeah. cloning thing going on. Maybe uh, we'll see these guys later and get some more information on them. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, uh, so, the actress is Nev McIntosh. And we will see Nev McIntosh again. Now, obviously, Alea and Restack both died in this episode, yeah. or these two episodes, uh, I guess. But uh, we're not done with, with Nev McIntosh. We will see her again. All right, so on to the checklist. Uh, the creature of the week, we've already mentioned, are the Silurians. 
and I am going to leave this to Jared because this is not the first time. I, it was obvious from the episode the way the doctor was responding to them, and I know who they are, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, this is a classic Who uh, baddie of the week that is uh, resurfacing. Uh, uh, yeah, I just thought of that. That wasn't I even did. in the notes. Wow. Are you proud of me? Because I wasn't even in the notes. Okay. Uh, so funny. <laughs> so, I'm, anyways, uh, lizard people, i.e., uh, Homo reptilia, that have been in the center of the earth for millions of years. And I'm going to leave the rest up to Jared. Uh, under the category of bad CGI, um, I think we just need to flip this back to CGI because we actually had some good CGI on this one. The blowing up of the drill. I thought that was actually that pretty was good. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. Okay, now, now I will ask you. Unless it wasn't CGI, which. No, it was definitely CGI. <laughs> yeah. uh, what did you guys think about the Silurian tongues? We saw two tongues oh. whip out. I Those mean, that were was pretty. Angry. That was. I think they were trying know. to make a move too fast, and it made the CGI difficult. Okay. And so it didn't turn out all that great. I think great. with them going that fast, like, with them going that fast, they didn't really have to work much on the actual look of it, and so I think it yeah. was pretty good. Like, with that, you could take some shortcuts where it didn't have to look nearly as good because it, like, flips out for a few yeah, seconds. Just a second or two, you know. Uh, let's see. Under Jiggery Pokery for the Sonic, we had uh, we had our first, or not our first instance, but our first uh, spoken instance of Sonicking and entering. I thought that was great. Yes. What did I break? It was Sonicking and entering. Yeah. Uh, Rory just learned that the Sonic doesn't do wood. Now we've we've established that. Yeah, before, we've established. But Rory oh. finds out it doesn't do wood, and he says, "Isn't that kind of rubbish?" To which the doctor says, "What trip? <laughs> don't diss the." Oh. He said, "Don't diss the Sonic," but what yeah, did he start it with? Your favorite uh, British interjection. Oi! Oi! <laughs> Oi, don't diss the Sonic. Uh, let's see, the TARDIS. Uh, <laughs> I kind of threw this in. Um, when um, Nazreen was in the TARDIS, and it starts going haywire because the Silurians are sucking it into the center of the Earth. Yeah. Um, it just goes rocking about, and the Doctor's like, oh my gosh, what happened? Did you push a button or something? Uh-huh. And she says, isn't this what it does? <laughs> Which I thought was funny for her to assume, but she's also not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's that's it what kind happens of is what every episode. Like it gets oh we're moving around and then oh something happened and we're getting sucked into like a spaceship or something and then it yeah like when it when it started yeah. rocking around like that I thought he had just taken off. Yeah, there are episodes in particular where where he'll like hit something. And they're like flying around, and the TARDIS is just swinging everywhere. Yeah, yeah. and it yeah. it happens it's sometimes. Normal. It's normal-ish. Yeah. So apparently, it felt different to the Doctor, kind of like <laughs> the ground felt different at the beginning of the, the first episode there. So, uh, let's see. Okay, the crack. Um, we didn't get anything specific about Pandorica or the silence. Uh, the silence will fall, but we did get uh, some stuff about the crack because obviously we had a crack sighting. Now, let. <sighs> I just thought about something. We saw the crack. They they saw the crack. It was a major part of the plot for the crash of the Byzantium, the, the one with the angels. Yeah. They all, like, saw it, interacted with it. It was part of the plot line. But other than that, they haven't been seeing it, right? No. Yeah. It's been, like, behind was, the TARDIS. It was behind the TARDIS. Yeah, it's been, like, oh. Where else have we seen it? It was on the, the back side of the... It was on the, the side of the Star Wars. Right. And they, like, saw it yeah. behind the... TARDIS when they left right. and they saw it. So, so this is the first time we get the Doctor recognizing that it seems to be following them. So, See, that's a weird statement to make, though. I don't think it's following them because they've established that it's cracking yeah, everywhere, it's cracking in, the everywhere in the universe. It's not necessarily following all time. So it just is near y'all. Yeah, and y'all just, haven't even seen it most of your adventures. This it's is not true. following it's like you per se. It's true. It just seems... So that's a weird up. statement to make. And he's only seen it a couple of times, so it's not like it's really following him. Yeah. Like, sure, as far as we've seen, it's normally where he is, but, like, it's he's only seen it once or twice. Like, this, yeah. is, so th- this, this isn't a, a regular thing. This may be a case of the writers forgetting what the Doctor knows versus what we know as the audience. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, but at any rate, he recognizes now, okay, something is up here. Uh, it's getting bigger. 
as in it's getting wider. Because remember, mm-hmm. it was literally a line crack in Amy's wall. Yeah. But yeah. now and it now is opened up. That's right. And that was my next note. The doctor stuck his hand in it because and that's a thing. Was mostly fine. Apparently, it stings a little. Uh, but other than that, he, he got out of it fine. Uh, it ate Rory. Yeah. <laughs> so that sucks. The weird, like, tentacle like light beams coming out of it. Yeah, that's a, a new really, feature. That was a new feature yeah. for the crash. It's not just the light could... shining on it. Yeah. And then you get forgotten. No, it's like, was it dragging him into it? What was happening there? That was really know. weird. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like it was reaching out to devour. Maybe it's because, like, it. the more it opens, like, the more power kind of it has. So it's slowly yeah, developing. The doctor, the doctor kind of hinted at that earlier uh, in, in the, um, the episode with the angels because, uh, the time of angels, because he said, like, if the, the light the light spilling out is time energy. And he, so he described it as spilling out. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, definitely, that's it was spilling out in the way that an octopus spills out of, a, <laughs> of an aquarium yeah, or something. But... but yeah, it was spilling <laughs> out. So, um, And apparently the TARDIS blows up. Wait, what? Well, oh, yeah. remember yeah. the piece, the, the shrapnel that he pulled out Maybe that's was a piece of the, the TARDIS. Yeah. I don't know, some future stuff. We can, like, remind us when we get to the theories. We'll probably, definitely. We'll definitely, probably speculate definitely on let's, that. let's speculate the smack out of all that. I so. think any explosion either caused by the TARDIS or that could destroy the TARDIS is a pretty big explosion. Would put a, would yeah. put a crack in the universe. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, let's see. Um, any existential horror on this one? I would say just again the idea that Rory now has never existed, yeah, I mean, and yeah. therefore is forgotten by everyone but but the doctor. Uh huh. So and for some reason Amy forgot him, even though she didn't forget the other okay. people. Okay, they explained so, it. Ish, yeah, they yeah. explained it. I mean, not amazing because but. the soldiers in the time of Angels, like she met them and interacted with them, but they weren't an integral part of her history. But Rory was, so uh. that means that I guess. Her ability as a time traveler to remember those who have been erased from history only extends to acquaintances. And like, why that's the case. Because, because it makes the story sadder. Yes. Shut up. Stop asking your questions. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. That brings us down to who's who as we're rocking and rolling here. So, first of all, who is Amelia? Um, gosh, so lots of... Lots of interesting stuff with Amelia in this one and the next one coming up. There's a lot of good character stuff here. So as she is slipping away into the earth in the first episode, she's thinking of Rory. Yeah. She says, tell Rory. And and then like, dot, dot, dot. Because of course, drama and whatnot. Well, but what was interesting though, is she didn't say tell Rory and then get sucked down. She said, tell Rory. And then she stopped, like she was trying to think of what to say. And and then he says, really the doctor says, you know, don't give up, hold on, or whatever. And then she slips away. So it was kind of that, like it was did. almost that, that thing that, like, tell Rory the thing that doesn't really need to be even said. Is almost what it was. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But, but at the same time, it was like, tell Rory. You know, that was, that was what was on her mind, was, Rory. I'm never going to get to see him again. And by the way... Right on the heels of the whole thing where she yeah. essentially committed dream suicide because yeah. she didn't want to live in the universe with Rory. Without Rory. So we've proven multiple times that it's it's definitely Rory. It, it's always been Rory. The Doctor is right. just, she's in it for the time machine. And the adventure, really. Yeah, she's in it because I would say of the adventure. Just the time machine. Yeah, not, right. not the time machine necessary. However, I'll also I'll also repeat her phrase, other way, idiot. So I mean, like, yeah. what the heck, man? She does that. <laughs> Again, after he was coming back to save you for all he knew. Yeah. You know, like, go the other way, you idiot. The way, idiot. You know, it's okay. like, it's, and, and that time it was almost, you know, it was, it was playful. Yeah. It was a little bit more playful. Yeah. Um, we've had the emotional catharsis of, she doesn't want to live in a universe without Rory. And now she was facing her own death and said, tell Rory I love him. Based, you know, essentially that's what she was implying. And now she's like, okay, now we're back together. Everything's good. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> you know, so it's like, I think that's, honestly, I think his buffoonery is part of why, why she likes him. 
and what she loves yeah, about yeah. I mean, because here's the thing, right? Rory's kind of a doofus, yeah. right? And she loves Rory, which means she loves a doofus. She <laughs> loves that he is a doofus, right? Yeah. So this is a good principle for, for relationships, guys. Okay? This is Here's here's your father-son moment. <laughs> this is a new segment called The Whovian Talks to His Sons. <laughs> When you okay. when you're in a when you're in a, a marriage relationship like that or a, you know they're almost Soon you know they're about to be married tomorrow 500 years in the future or past two, or, or nine years ago whichever one it is um, yeah whatever your spouse is that's what you're into man you know so your spouse has curly hair you're, you're all about curly hair yeah. your spouse uh-huh. has a big nose you love a big nose okay uh-huh. anyways <laughs> so moving right along. Um, you know, because because he does have yeah trips doing the the doctor's uh, sign language name for Rory yeah with the nose. Um, so let's see. Also about Amelia, um, Whovians, Did y'all notice the heartbeat? If 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 you didn't, if if you don't have any clue what I'm talking about, back up. Go go watch the episode again and watch the part where the Silurian is first scanning her, where you're like seeing it through the Silurian's eyes. Uh, just go back and watch that and look for the heartbeat. And then, uh, and then geek out for a minute. Um, Amelia is also becoming a, a bit of a heroic leader in her own right, kind of like the Doctor, right? Yeah. Um, when they find Elliot, her and uh, Elliot's dad, whose name escapes me right now. Y'all remember his name? Um, Mo. An important right. name here. I think it's Mo. Isn't Mo. It? Yeah, it's Mo. Mo. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, when she's with Mo and they find Elliot, she says he's alive. That's good, right? And yeah. the Doctor just had. A similar speech upstairs about Elliot. Like, uh-huh. I'm sure he's, you know, I think he's alive, so that means there's hope. There's always hope. And Amelia is now saying the same basic thing. He's alive. That's good. We'll get him out of there. Trust me, is what she says. Yeah. You know, that's a very doctor thing. So She's she's growing. She's learning from the doctor. Yes. She's taking her good personality and the doctor's good personality, right. combining them together, and coming up uh, this is, with a new personality. This is one of my favorite aspects of any companion story arc is the part where they begin kind of branching out and now they're being the hero. I love, yeah. I love that. I love getting to see that. So, um, Who is Rory? Rory speaks for the apes. <laughs> or humans. At least some of them, he says. Some of them. Um, I, thought that was, I thought that was an interesting moment when she says, who speaks for the apes? And they both look at Rory. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, so he's a leader, apparently. Well, so think about this. This was, the, this was the other note that I had for Rory's character development this week, is he set off on his own little adventure, right? He Did took he? the, he took, yeah, he took Amy's ring and put it back yeah. in the TARDIS. And when he stepped out, uh, Ambrose and Elliot came up and fought because he stepped out of a police box that he was a police officer. Now, how they thought that police box got there, yeah, I was, was not really they're the clear only, about. They're the only people living in this town. You think they would know if there was supposed to be a police box there or not? Plus, how do they know where that is? I mean, it says police on it. it must be a police box. Right, and they had yeah. called the police because apparently bodies are disappearing out of the graves. And they're like, come this way. It's, it's over here. And he kind of has this moment where he looks around and then kind of like shrugs his shoulders and goes with them. I don't and I was see like, why not. that's interesting. And then when they say, you know, the bodies have disappeared, he's like, what? Wait, what? And then he's in, man. He is investigating. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And then he, like, reports back to the doctor. But he had his own little, like, side so, like, adventure. Rory and, and then, of course, are just growing. Right. And everybody's yeah. starting to get the hang of this whole adventure thing. Right. And I love, too bad. Oh, but he reports back to the doctor. And, of course, the doctor's like, shut up, Rory. We don't need not you now, right Rory. now. Yeah. And then he died. Uh, it's sad. How do y'all feel about never seeing Rory again? Rory's dead. Sad. He's gonna come back. We remember he's, Rory. He's, he's dead, and he never existed. Uh, uh, how are y'all feeling? Uh, sad. Feeling pretty good. I Happy feel day? like they're definitely gonna bring him back. Honestly. Do you? I, I have to agree. There's no hold, way they can't. Hold it for the theories. All right. Hold, hold, hold it for the theories, because I wanna I wanna know everything that y'all think. Okay. Uh, so who is the doctor? Holy cow! I had a lot of stuff written down about who is the doctor. Uh, first of all, he loves a big mining thing. <laughs> like, ooh, a big that, mining thing. That's like, I, I love, love a, a mining yeah, thing. it's like, I love a little shop. It's yeah, like, yes, that's such a ooh, weird a niche thing. He loves love. a little shop and he loves a big mining thing. Okay. <laughs> um, he hasn't always been disgusting. That's 
recent. I thought that was a great line. Where he was licking the grass. Have we not seen the doctor? Didn't we see Tennant do some stuff like that? Like We've licking seen dirt him or grass? Sniff or... the air and then like go down, listen, and then lick the dirt. And he's like strange. And yeah. then like now, granted, I remember the one of the first things we saw the doctor do was lick up some blood out of the like, blood. Oh yeah. The, what was that thing called? Uh, blood. It wasn't called blood control. What was yeah. it? Yeah. Was it blood control? I don't remember. Maybe. Right. I don't know. Whatever it was. I, was. I haven't seen this in years. I was still never sure about the significance of the bluegrass, just it wasn't supposed to be there, so aliens living under the surface of the earth is the logical conclusion <laughs> yeah, drawn that, from that. They're not aliens. They're earth lands. Although, that was a great line. Yeah. There are, they're earth lands. Like, what? Uh, no, they're, they are from Earth. They they were here first, apparently. And I, for one, welcome our new lizard overlords. Okay. Yeah. Uh, overlords? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's I mean, go with that They one. have far superior technology, obviously. Apparently. Um, I love he tells Nazarene and, uh, oh gosh, the guy. The guy. The guy. The, guy. the, the, the no. venom in his veins. No. no. The older guy. The old, old the guy. Old guy. Yeah, the grandpa. Um, tells, him, tells them, I'm making perfect sense. You're just not keeping up. And Nazarene is like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a quote I heard somewhere, and I was like, that is an amazing doctor line. I love it. It was a quintessential doctor right there. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, just so speaking of quintessential doctor, uh, for the 11th doctor, his theme, Flippin' Rocks. I yeah. know. It's like... the, I don't know who did the music and, uh, like, puts it in, but they did a really good job of timing yeah. it well. Yes. To make it... The, the music score like, for this episode was yeah. amazing. It was really good. So there, there's the bit where uh, uh, Ambrose says, are you going to get my son back? Or, no, no, no. Elliot says, are you going to get my dad back? Is and what it was. Whips around and like... he turns around and there's this moment of silence and then all of a sudden... And he goes into like a speech, you know, and the music just like swells and... Dun. That I hear that music in my dreams, man. I that know, music just like... it just and it just builds. <laughs> and um, somebody did uh, maybe I'll link up to this. Somebody on SoundCloud, I think it's somebody that follows us, um, has and I don't know if they wrote it or if they just posted it. I don't know on their SoundCloud channel, they have like a dubstep remix of huh. Eleven's theme that is my jam. I I love <laughs> everything about it. So um, they yeah. also on that same channel have a. Remake, uh, not a remix, a parody of um, Blurred Lines called Timelines. That's awesome. Oh, that's uh, so it's another weird. Doctor Who themed uh, thing there. So, uh, let's see. The Doctor is uh, theme is awesome. Oh, uh, Elliot says I'm dyslexic, and the Doctor says, "Oh, that's all right. I can't make a decent meringue." Like, Which what is, it? is like, not a comparison. No comparison. Like, I have a mental disorder that causes me to not be able to read. I don't know how to make a lemon meringue. Well, I mean, you know, his whole point was we all have our setbacks. We all have our flaws. It's like, okay. I'm a time traveler from the point of Gallifrey with a time machine. But yeah. I can't make a meringue. Your I'm, flaw is dyslexic. Mine is, you know, I can't make a meringue. It's clearly on the same level there. That and he can't love. Where did that come? I don't know why I said that. Uh, let's see. Uh, another bonding moment he had with Elliot. Elliot says, as soon as he's old enough, he'll get away from the little town that he lives in. And the doctor says, yeah, it was the same with me. To which Elliot says, did you ever miss it? And he stops and has this thoughtful moment. And he says, so much. And I'm just like, oh, sad, sad doctor. Sad yeah. Got banished from his home planet. Sad doctor. That's right. So speaking of the doctor and Elliot, he is rubbish with children. Uh, clearly, in the midst of a crisis situation, the kid says, I'm going to trek back through town to my house to get headphones. And the doctor's like, okay. Sure. Okay, man, now, let's go with that. Now that we've set up security cameras for an impending invasion from lizard people, why don't you go by yourself in the dark and go get your headphones? Because that's important. Oh, and uh, by the way, our cameras can knock people out with sonic booms as well if they spot anything. So this is clearly an amazing... So in other words, why don't you go cross the minefield to go get your <laughs> so That's good stuff. So. Uh, Nazarene says at one point, it's like this is every day for you. And the doctor says, no, not every day. Every I other day. day. <laughs> Another amazing doctor line. That is a great doctor line. Um, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about this for a minute, but this is not our let's talk about it section. That's coming later. But he says, no weapons. He says to, this to Ambrose, which by the way, did we all know who was going to kill the Silurian? Yeah. Not really. Okay, I'm, I mean, I pretty maybe much knew it was Ambrose. 
maybe it should have been more obvious, like her son got taken down, her husband got taken down there, and her, and she's the one pulling out weapons. When and the doctor her, says every bit helps. And her Honestly, grandpa's I been Rory. poisoned. I mean, I thought Rory. At Rory. The point. I thought, thought Rory. Rory. Interesting. Because Amy meant the world to Rory, and that's what I thought. I just thought it was gonna be Rory, and he was gonna go down. Like he was going to defend Amy. Thing yeah, is, I mean, I could see that. But. She definitely stood on her soapbox the entire time yes. as well. Yes. She is like, "Y'all are not coming up here and coming anywhere near us." And it's like, "Great, you just ruined it, right?" Basically, yeah. for all yeah. of us. Um, and and we'll we'll get to this later. But when the you know the doctor the doctor sums her up by saying she was so much less than the best of humanity. And I mean, you know, there you go. So. He says to her, no weapons, it's not the way I do things. Okay, what? Because, <laughs> let me, okay, we've established this before, right? Yeah. His, he doesn't like guns. Yeah. He doesn't like the military. He doesn't like being saluted. Yeah. All this kind of stuff, right? But it dawned on me, like, no weapons, it's not the way I do things. But he doesn't mind killing, right? Yeah. Like, so, from one episode to the next, he doesn't mind killing. But it has to be clever, right? Uh, yeah. Like, I can't I just thought, shoot you with a gun. That's boring. I have to I'm... drown your children. <laughs> I mean... Yes, this is what like, I'm talking about. Like, I have, to, I have to do a complex setup where I'm going to, in the end, electrify you to death. Or, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to nuke the waters of Mars. I'm going to, you know, like, yeah. all of these different things. Like, but it's got to be clever. I feel like that's, yeah. that's his problem with guns, is guns are too boring. They're not clever enough. Is that is that sound about right, yeah. you guys? I yeah. I mean, like eh. guns just, are too easy. And the only time he ever uses like a gun weapon is on a Dalek when he goes full serious mode. Like <laughs> this thing has when to he's die. Beating that one with a stick. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, no. In this first episode, he was like searching around okay, for one. guns. Right. 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 So that's the thing. Like I, I have a problem with the fact that. We can't decide, and by we, I mean, I mean, like the writers can't seem to decide: is the doctor a pacifist or not? And I think that the difficulty is, like, they want to build up this larger-than-life hero that is a pacifist, right? In order to, like, sh- be a shining example. But the doctor also has to be a hero. Yeah. I mean, and in a, and in our Western culture, like, the hero has to. To, like kill the bad guys yeah. yeah right and it's a it's this weird thing because one of the biggest moments where he absolutely flies off the handle is when he starts drowning that one queen's kids or whatever and yeah, everyone's like house. oh my gosh he's just losing it but basically every other episode he ends up killing the aliens it's right. really no different I but mean, it's just more cool. I yeah it is but even still it's this Thing. He is killing people all the time. Yeah, it's always it's like aliens. It's, like it's no so, different. He's selectively against violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't know. It, it's like, like I said, it's it's like we can't make up our minds. So yeah. I, I don't know. All right. So on that same note, uh, he's not scared of monsters. Monsters are scared of him. Yeah, because he might trap you in a mirror, or throw you into a black yeah. hole, or freeze you as a scarecrow, or, or kill all of your skin. children. Yeah. Yeah, just... Adrenal, your children brutally <laughs> killing them, along with you. So yeah, He's... monsters are scared of him. I, he is referred to as the oncoming storm. That's right. Yeah. Like, it kind of makes sense. And you that... can't even, like, none of the Daleks can escape him. I know. Okay, so that's that's enough of who is the doctor. Uh, let's see, other stuff that we noticed. Oh my gosh, did y'all notice the dream birds? The dream birds? No. Okay, in the last episode, every time the birds chirped, they would, they would shift. Yeah. Right? Yeah. At the beginning of the first episode and at the end of the second episode, when they're just like hanging out in the little town, there's the same bird noise. Is there? It, yeah. Is there this were... Inception? Are they still asleep and they don't know it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it did. The thing was, like, because of watching that episode a couple of times, my brain got like, you know, a Pavlovian response that when you hear these birds chirping, it means they're about to pass out and wake up in the other reality. So when it happened in this episode, my brain was like, oh no, are they about to fall? Wait, that's not this episode. It was so weird. It was like the exact same sound effect, I swear. So, 
Maybe they just got really lazy and used the same bird sounds. That's exactly what I'm saying, yeah. But yeah. That, that's not really a Doctor Who thing. I don't understand yeah. that. Is it you just mean beyond that one episode, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, they wouldn't reuse a sound effect that was so important in one episode just yeah. to reuse Especially the sound Especially since effect. it was the last episode. Like, this is going to be th- on This is what I'm saying. Mind. Yeah, if they were going to put in bird noises to say, hey, this is your clue that we're in the country, why not make it crows or something that didn't sound exactly like a plot point of the last episode? Anyways, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with my bird ranting. Okay. Uh, so... The, uh, we kind of hinted at this in our intro about, you know, uh, we're the only ones that believe the, the lizard people are returning. So the doctor says, everyone listen up. Okay, Eldane, head of the lizard people, you're going to put your people back to sleep for a thousand years. Humans, y'all listen up. You've got a thousand years to sort out the planet. And by that he means get everyone ready to share the planet with its original inhabitants, right? The original, you know, owners of the earth, as he said. So you got to get things ready and you've got to convince people that this is, you know, this is going to be a good thing, right? Because earlier Nazreen was saying, how are we going to convince everyone on the surface that this is a good idea? So they had a hard job of we've got to return to the surface and tell them we met lizard people down below and they are coming now. And not get thrown in like a psycho prison. No, 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 no. They, they didn't have to worry about that because if they struck the treaty and returned then, you say there are lizard people living under the earth and then here's one right now and a lizard person walks in the room and you go holy crap this is real now you have the ridiculously tough task of convincing humanity to share the planet with these other these other beings right that's tough that's a tough you know what's tougher than that do the same thing but say they're not coming for a thousand years and i can't prove it to you I can't even prove they're real. I can't even prove they're real, but but trust me, we've got a thousand years to figure this out. So he says, spread it as, uh, spread the word as legend, prophecy, or religion, whatever you have to do to keep the word going. It should have been a thousand years. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be tough. So Like he, suddenly it sounds like something you say to convince everyone to like recycle and fix global warming. Not right. because there's actual lizard people living underground. Right. Yeah. It's like it's like when the um, when the CDC does a um, or or or, um, or FEMA. That's who it was. FEMA did a a thing on their website how to survive the the zombie apocalypse. They had a page you could go to to teach you how to survive the zombie apocalypse. And the reason they did it was because if you followed those same steps, you would also be ready to weather a hurricane or an earthquake or whatever. <laughs> you know, like so. Like, what do we got to do to convince the planet? to do the things that it's going to take to get us ready for the coming lizard people, right? All right, now, let's make it even harder. He's telling Elliot, Ambrose, Moe, Grandpa, and uh, um, Rory and Amy, right? He's telling six human beings. He puts this on the shoulders of, no, seven human beings have to go do this. Okay, now, wait a minute. Rory and Amy aren't sticking around. Yeah. Right? So it's it's five human beings. But then, wait. uh, Nazreen and Grandpa stay behind. So now what you have is a husband and his wife and their child that are going to come out of some tiny little village in backwater Britain somewhere, and they're going to go on the news and say, there's lizard people living under the surface. Yeah, all of a sudden and they're coming like, back. Like, they're this sounds like, like a cult. It they're doesn't come back up in by a thousand people. years. We're starting a cult now. You, right. Like, I mean, you can have the biggest I told you so ever, but that doesn't mean but that you won't anyone is going to believe you. We won't be there for a yeah. thousand years. But you won't be there for it. By the way, so so that's crazy. And then, by the way, Nazarene says, come come find us. Like, come look us up. So she's telling the guy that can travel through space and time, hey, come check back in on us in a thousand years, right? So what should have happened at the end of this episode? They should have gone back. The end of the episode should have been them checking in on him. Now, I guess we got sidetracked by the whole crack-eating Rory thing. Yeah. But still, especially with the opening and closing narrations from Eldane, this is the story of of our planet and its peoples and and blah, blah, blah. I totally thought that's what they were going to do. Yeah. So we were going to check back in, and anyways, we didn't. So there's there's that. Uh, Yes. Let's see. Anything else that that we noticed... That was that was basically uh, what I had. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a big, like, plot hole 
end the story because it's like, well, what do you do? But I can't. It's think one of, of the, it's one of those yeah. un, you know one of those loose ends. Star Trek does this all the time too, you know, where they just like leave. They go, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens to this civilization in fifty years. And I'm like, hey, by the way, we've got you know uh, we've got. Uh, versions of Star Trek that are going right now that take place 50 years after that storyline. Why don't we check back in with yeah. those people? But nah, let's not do that. So, hey guys, uh, just a reminder that Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by listeners like you and listeners like Victor and Jared. Uh, if you find value in what we do and want to give a little bit of value back, that's all that we ask for. So head on over to patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian and become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media for as little as a dollar a month. Get started today, guys. So can we talk about the doctor? I, we may have talked about this before, but can we talk about the doctor inspiring humanity? Uh, this was a okay. big to-do in the second episode here. This is one of those episodes where he challenges the humans that he's interacting with, some of which are companions, some of which just met him a few hours ago. Yeah. Right? Yes. Challenging them to be their very best. To be yeah. the best of humanity. Challenging them to be everything that he loves and that we love about humanity. All the things that we think are positives about our about our species. All the things, all the good that the doctor sees in us. All of the, uh, let's see, the what does he call it? The race of dazzling, brilliant people up there on the surface, right? Um, this is one of those episodes. And he hits it from so many different angles. One of which was that quote that I just said, right? Uh, you know, one person let you down. Uh, when Ambrose killed Alea, one person let you down, but there is a whole race of dazzling, brilliant people up there on the surface that can do amazing things. Uh, remember, I think we talked about this a little bit when Nine, uh, Nine would waffle back and forth between you stupid apes yeah. and you fantastic, brilliant people. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, Ten, we got, we got some of that as well. Though he was much more on the side of Humanity is amazing and yes. this fantastic yeah. race. Yeah, nine nine was, was a little bit more down on us sometimes. But this was this was eleven was saying humanity is awesome. Um some of them are bad. <laughs> on the whole, humanity is awesome and bright, brilliant, dazzling people that do amazing things, but um some of them are bad apples, right? I thought it was interesting that um, Maloke, the the Silurian scientist, at one point says about the humans, he says, they aren't monsters and neither are we. And I was like, ooh, Ooh, this is like seeing the good of humanity in the Silurians, right? Like bridging that gap there that, you know, yeah, if you look at the cold-hearted military leader who's only thinking in terms of global strategy, you're not seeing the bright, bright, most bright shining example of what Silurian culture has to offer. Um, but we also weren't seeing the best of human culture when it was um, Ambrose. Yeah. Right. So um, that line that I think I mentioned earlier where he, he tells her you were so much less, I mean, just like, like all caps period after each word, so much less than the best of humanity. Right. doesn't even give her the slightest benefit of the doubt that she was like acting on a whim due to having her child and her husband stolen from her. Just you are the and her grandpa poisoned. So much, and probably yeah, going like, to die. So much was going. Yeah, her dad actually. Yeah. Also, and, it was a taser. So how yes, would you know that, that was going to actually kill? Nothing her? more than just a taser, and he just goes at her well, like and you were so much less than so the best of it's one of those things where, so he he gave that benefit of the doubt when talking to the Silurians you know she was scared you know it was a mistake don't let this be the bar that you set for humanity but yeah when it came to her he just tore her down to the ground and I think some of that was because the the bar of expectation that he has is so high he said you all have to be the very best of humanity for these next few hours. You know, he set the expectation high. You guys have to pull this off. Like the fate of the world is riding on your shoulders. So guess what? Like it or not, you've got to be the best of humanity. He, all right. So then he sets uh, Nazarene and Amy down with Eldane 
and says, what better representatives could Earth have? Nazarene and Amy, you know? Um, he sets them up and, again, places them on this pedestal that maybe they don't even deserve, you know? Eldane point blank says, do you have the right to negotiate on behalf of humanity? And the doctor says, no, I don't, because he's not a human. He doesn't. Yeah. But they do. You know, he just, like, appoints them as representatives of all yes. six billion people yeah, that he referenced true. earlier. Nowhere just says they are, like, shining examples yeah. that they know what These needs to happen. These are just the only option. Which is putting a huge amount of faith in them, right? No, they weren't the yeah. only options. Because it could have like, been Ambrose. It could have been Grandpa. It could have been Mo. It could have been Elliot, right? He picked the two of them, and he puts a lot of faith in them. He, he shows what he thinks of their character and and knows that they are going to do the right thing. Now, this is not the only time that we're going to see uh, a situation like this where the doctor takes someone and and says, you're going to have to be awesome. Remember, he did that to... Um, that guy that had the computer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what was his name? I can't even think of his name now. But he was like, "You. this is, this is the moment. This is the moment where you, you know, unite humanity and save us all, you know, like all this kind of stuff. This is the moment where you have to be brilliant and amazing and all that is good and wonderful about humanity. Get to it. You know, like, he didn't know yeah. that guy at all. Yeah, it's just like, do your best. Like, this is a life or death situation for the whole fate of the planet. Right. You need to do your very most possible best. And what does that say about his thoughts his feelings, and his faith in humanity. If, you, if humanity tries hard enough, they're going to get it done. Ooh. They're going to be able to pull through it, and they will get it. Yeah, sometimes we shoot for the moon and we make it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good so, stuff. I think he even still is a bit overly optimistic at times on like how much any one person is capable of when they're inexperienced in something like talking to world leaders over <laughs> Skype calls Particularly, uh, yeah, or lizard world leaders. Yeah. You know, like world leaders of a whole other species. So, But, I mean, in the end, those people all came through. You know, like, Ambrose was an exception to the to the rule there. You know, she she went off the deep end or whatever. But um, I, I love these episodes when the Doctor just has this complete faith in humanity to do the right thing. And um, Whovians out there, I'm sure you guys are, are thinking as well about the Zygons. Um, that's coming up. That's uh, that's Capaldi's time. That's 12. But um, there's there's a, a very similar scene to this that is, it's it's this with a twist that is brilliant. And it's a twist that the Doctor introduces. And it's brilliant, and I love it. And it's one of those times where, like this, the Doctor just says, okay, you have to be awesome now. So, and I love that line that he gives to Nazarene. He goes, come on, be extraordinary. Like, you know, it's so awesome. Just like, hey, come on, let's, let's go swimming. You know, (laughs) you know, like, doesn't that sound great? Going swimming on a hot day. Doesn't that sound awesome? Doesn't it sound awesome if you just went out there and were extraordinary? Not, and by the way, extraordinary, extraordinary, above and beyond the normal and the ordinary. He's just like, go ahead. Just go do something nobody else has ever done before. That'd be cool. I love it. <laughs> very, like very just, casual. It's just the thing of a lifetime. Like, being able to go meet things from, well, I would say from another planet, but from this planet, like, prehistoric beings that have adapted more than us, great civilization, and being able to talk to their leader and be able to work things out to be able to live together with them. Just the thought of that is amazing. Yeah, and the doctor's just like, go do it. Yeah, like, come just, on. This is just casual for me. Yeah. Like, I say that come on, on a regular basis. That's so. right, yeah. So just go just go negotiate world peace. Come on. It'll be fun. <laughs> go for it. So, uh, Jared uh, has some stuff to tell us about uh, the Silurians and I believe some other stuff, but I know he's got, he's got quite a bit to tell us about the Silurians. So, uh, let's take a listen to what he's got to say. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections for the two-parter, The Hungry Earth and Cold Blood. We've got lots to talk about today, so I'm going to just jump right into it. We've got, of course, 
the Silurians. And the Silurians are a classic Who villain monster. Uh, are they a villain? Are they just trying to find their place in the world? You know, with the Silurians, the short answer is it's complicated. But let me give you some backstory because if you don't know it, uh, this will really help this episode make a lot more sense. So the Silurians were first introduced with the third Doctor in the serial, Doctor Who and the Silurians. Interestingly enough, that's the only title where you have Doctor Who in the title of an episode. Uh, there wasn't there wasn't supposed to be like that, and there was a mix-up. And so it's the only Doctor Who and the, and the whatever, or, or Doctor Who anything in the title. So anyway, Doctor Who and the Silurians... That's the first time we see them. Then, And the third Doctor sees a different race, if you will, of Silurians with the Sea Devils. And then the fifth Doctor sees both races in Warriors of the Deep. In Doctor Who and the Silurians, we first see and learn about the history of the Silurian race. They once ruled the Earth, uh, which we found out in the, the two New Who episodes. But, uh, but they believed way back then that that the earth was on a crash course with another planet so they hid underground in suspended animation until the atmosphere would once again be inhabitable but this planet didn't hit the earth instead it started orbiting the earth and became the earth's moon so in that time while they're uh, hibernating and because the planet didn't hit the earth and and destroy the atmosphere that ruined their failsafe, so they never woke up from their hibernation. And so the uh, humans in all that time took over the planet, and this is the third doctor then encounters them uh, when they're waking up because of this device that the humans are using uh, up on Earth. Not a drill this time. Much like the this New Who story, the third doctor tries to convince the Silurians and the humans that they can share the planet and the Silurians being lizard-like, they can just live in the hot places that the humans can't inhabit uh, and so they can share and, and, and the Silurians uh, decide, okay, well, we're going to go back to sleep and we'll give you 50 years to prepare. So we're going to hibernate again for 50 years and we'll wake up and then we'll share the planet. Well, so they're all in their underground bases and unit is afraid they they don't think this is going to work out so they go ahead and blow up all of the silurians and of course the doctor is furious as you might imagine for this genocide then the third doctor meets the sea devils now the sea devils are are a little more nefarious warrior-like they're they're not as friendly at least i'll put it that way and this also ends with them being killed um sea devils obviously they're in a trench uh, down in the ocean, uh, that's where they live, not in in caves and tunnels underground. Uh, but they also end up getting killed, and this time uh, by the doctor because he feels he has no choice because they're so ferocious. So that also ended with the destruction of that race of Silurians. Then we see the fifth doctor sees both races in Warriors of the Deep, and they're also. Uh, killed off at the end. So this is maybe the first encounter with the Silurians where they're not uh, not all killed. You know, so there's there's hope. Things are getting better, right? So remember, I, I just said that that first group of Silurians they were going to go to sleep for 50 years. And interestingly enough, uh, this that was made back in 1970. That episode aired back in 1970. Now because there's this like unit time dating controversy. Uh, maybe it wasn't exactly 1970 in the story, but it was supposed to be thereabouts. And this episode was set in 2020, which is exactly 50 years after 1970. So uh, perhaps some they're trying to say that some of these Silurians escaped uh, the destruction. Maybe there were caves that uh, weren't destroyed by unit, and that's why some of these Silurians were already awake and preparing to come back to the surface of the Earth. So now on to just regular uh, connections. We've got a whole list of things that were just like, oh, well, that was similar. But before we get into that, we've got one that was definitely a connection to the fifth Doctor. The Doctor in these episodes, in the New Who episodes, said that the Earth is hungry on Frontios also. And so he's talking about the fifth Doctor serial called Frontios. And that's where the fifth Doctor and his companions found themselves on a planet called Frontios. And that was where there were often mysterious deaths and missing people. 
but since that planet often had lethal meteorite showers, no one thought too much of it. But as it turns out, the ground of Frontios would open up and suck people down, just like we saw in the Hungry Earth. It was also similar. There were monsters living underground that planned to destroy all of humanity up on top. Um, so this was a distant planet, but humans were living there, uh, and it's the Fifth Doctor serial, Frontios. Okay, so uh, on, onto a list of things that just were kind of similar, like the Third Doctor also saw a mag- massive drilling project in the serial Inferno. The Master also used an en- energy barrier to cut off a small village in the serial The Demons. The Third Doctor visited a small mining town in The Green Death, and speaking of the Third Doctor... He was taking Sarah Jane Smith to the beach, but ended up in Exilion instead in Death to the Daleks. And previous doctors have also taken shelter in churches. This has happened a number of times, so I'm not going to list the, the serials or episodes, but that does that did happen. And while very rare in use, there were some serials with narration uh, in Classic Who, such as the TV movie, Doctor Who, and the fourth Doctor serial, The Deadly Assassin. And when the Doctor was disarming the Silurians, he held the sonic screwdriver upright. And this was reminiscent of how the Doctor would hold the, the sonic in Classic Who. He wouldn't, usually didn't just point it like we see at the objects. He, he'd hold it upright in his hand and just press the button there. The guns that we saw uh, used by the Silurians were more like the heat ray weapons that the Sea Devils would use and the armor was also similar to the armor of the sea devils uh, as seen in the fifth doctor serial warriors of the deep and finally last connection here the doctor asked for some celery after the decontamination process stopped or was was stopped prematurely before it killed him because he wasn't human and so he asked for some celery. This was definitely a reference to the fifth doctor who we talked about before wore celery on his lapel. And those are the classic who connections we've got for this one. There were a lot of them, a lot of uh, similarities. Uh, of course, a, a two-parter always, you know, you often get uh, a little more with those. But obviously being the Silurians, definitely hearkening back and... So that leads me to my rating, and I always, I love a good one, a good story that's always connected to Classic Who, that has has a good, strong foundation in Classic Who. And it actually makes me, now I'm sitting here, I'm like, it makes me regret rating last week so high because I liked these better uh, than last week even, and I loved last week. And so I didn't leave myself much room uh, to to go up. And so, uh, but this, I thought these, I thought the story was really well done. It had uh, the potential for tragic loss. I mean, it really did kind of have tra- tragic loss with with the uh, fact that they they had the opportunity to uh, finally come to terms with some Silurians here and and uh, failed. Um, and and both sides were to blame. I mean, it wasn't it, it was. It wasn't just one-sided and everything. So, and last week I gave it 9.8, so I guess that means I've got to go at least 9.81 for this week. No, I liked it even more, so I'm going to give it 9.85, just in case uh, I come on the next ones and I'm like, oh, I like that even better. And uh, so 9.85 Elliot's, because I thought that kid did some phenomenal acting. I, I, I... you you don't often see, especially when it's a kid in, in a in a one off bit part of a show. You don't often see them uh, having a strong character and and really doing much more than being cute, which you know they're good at. But uh, he, I just I really thought he nailed the part, and I thought he brought a lot to the stories. So uh, yeah, so nine point eight five Elliot's and creep level creepy oh my goodness when i remember the first time watching this when he gets uh sucked down when the dad gets sucked down into the earth and like what the heck's going on and then and then the silurians and all that business uh you know he had some had some good jump scares had some good creep factor going on and uh so i'm I'm gonna go ahead and give it uh, about 275 275 creep levels so that's it Thank you to the TARDIS Wikia for uh, lots of good information this week. And thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time.
so <laughs> some good, pretty good connections. I think it's interesting yeah. that they, uh, the the end solution for both uh, the first and this most recent episode with the Silurians was go back to sleep. Yeah, just, just yeah. go and back the, to sleep. With the you. Earth isn't ready for you. Go back to sleep. Except it, it didn't turn out so great last time. So again, we just left it hanging this time. But you know what? What are you gonna do? So. Trip, what do you want to do as far as your rating? What do you got for us? I think this was definitely a good episode to watch. Um, I think, like, it had its good parts, and it was kind of, like, um, cool having, like, them going down, like, oh, like, the reaction they had with each other and how they really got along, I think. Right. Compared to what I would expect if someone was, uh, like, threatening our survival, I don't think we would get along that well. <laughs> and I like the whole aspect of saying, like, be the best you can be. Like, yeah. this is how Earth should be if every day our lives depended on it. So I think I'm going to give it mm, a 9 out <laughs> lizard masks. Yeah, lizard masks. There you go, Corbin. How about you? Uh, I thought this was a good episode. I have to agree that kid, uh, Elliot, was a yeah, pretty good actor. Pretty good. Though I mentioned it during the episode, I feel like he had one facial express expression. It's like weird mix of like concern <laughs> and happiness. Maybe I don't know. It was kind of weird, but it was. He was a good actor. It was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I'm probably going to say this is 8.5 out of 10. Uh, rep, what did they call them? Like reptilian? Homo reptilia? Yeah, homo reptilians. Okay, you're going to make me yes. type that? Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, this was, this was fantastic. Um, I already talked about how I, I, some of my favorite episodes are these ones where the doctor challenges people to be their best. Um shining examples of humanity and all this kind of stuff. I love it. So I'm going to give this a 9.1 out of 10 computer animated tongues. So, uh, and creep level, Jared gave it what? 275, right? 275 out of 500 creep levels. Um, I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it a good 250 because uh, there were some, there were some creepy moments. There was the, you know, at first uh, Corbin uh, was playing into the title and assuming that the thing that was happening was that, you know, the Earth was doing something. He, he said, is, it, is this going to turn out to be like the movie or the, the short story, The Day the Earth Screamed? And I was like, no, it's not. But good thought, because yeah. the, the title leads you in that direction, right? And the doctor leads you in that direction. Ground feels weird. The, the ground is fighting back. The dirt is fighting back. The Earth is hungry. All these kinds of things. And then it turns out to be, you know, like, lizard twist. People. It's lizard people. Yeah. So, um, and... But all of that stuff, you know, the earth eating people, um, the dome over the village, which reminded me of the show, The Dome. Um, there was um, creepy things hiding in the dark and snatching children. I mean, yeah. It was pretty creepy. So I'm going to give it 250 out of 500. Yeah. Corbin, what you got? Uh, yeah, I thought this was, it was a pretty creepy one. It's not the freakiest. Sure. Especially because the costumes weren't bad, but I don't <laughs> think they were even made to be. Honestly, were, yeah. Like this is not well, one of those. They were made to be lizard people. I think the masks thing. were made to be freaky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because in universe, they should be freaky because they're battle masks, right? You want to freak out your enemy. But when they take the mask off, what's his first words? What's he say? Beautiful. You are beautiful, right? Nice. He's seeing a new life form, or not a new one because he's familiar with them. But yeah, so. Uh, well, I mean, again, not super creepy, so I'm probably going to give this about a 175, maybe. Okay. Because there were weird and there were moments. parts. Yeah. Trip, what, about, what about you, buddy? I think I'm going to go kind of in the middle. I'm going to go around 235, I think. Okay. Yeah, 235. I think this was definitely, I don't know, like, not really creepy. Like, I feel like we say this with a lot of <laughs> and I feel like we mention every time we say it, but it just, it didn't get me. Like, I wouldn't have nightmares about this. Like, this isn't something that would scare me. Right. 
this was, was not going to haunt you later. Yeah, if I, I was there, then maybe that would be something that I would definitely remember and that I would be scared of. Like, especially being Elliot, like, getting trapped by these people and knowing that they're going to come back at some point, knowing that they can always come back, that right there kind of, that kind of got me a bit. Yeah, so 235. 235 out of 500, awesome. All right, so down to our theories. Uh, Corbin, do you want to touch on your theory about the cracks? Uh, Corbin thinks the crack will appear, or, or excuse me, will feature in every story, and that the new da- new paradigm Daleks or Davros are responsible for it and the silence. Uh, what are you thinking now? Well, the feature in every part episode it still was discounted. Down. No, that was discounted last episode, remember? Because oh, it wasn't mentioned at all. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, see, I'm starting to think it isn't the Daleks or Davros, because we see the TARDIS shrapnel, and I think mm. it's more likely... The TARDIS is the cause of the explosion, probably due to the Doctor intentionally blowing it up, rather than something else blowing it up. So, I think it is the Doctor blowing up the TARDIS, for some reason or another. And, I don't know, that's all I really have. I don't know anything else. I guess the silence is still somehow related to all of this. Okay. That's all I really know. So... All right, so we're pretty much scrapping your whole original theory? Yeah, basically. I, your, your overarching idea that the crack is going to continue to be a big thing has held true, uh, even though yeah. we had a few exceptions. Um, so now you're thinking that the Daleks aren't responsible, that the Doctor will blow up the TARDIS. Any thoughts on why? I don't really know. There's any number Probably of reasons. Probably to escape <laughs> something. Okay, all right. Or to destroy something. Right. right. Uh, Trip thinks the crack is the end of the universe. That was a phrase from early on. It's the end of the universe uh, in the way it's like like the end of the sidewalk, um, as opposed to the thing that causes the end of the universe. And uh, the crack is in the wall of the universe. Um, he also thinks that when the Doctor messed with it in Eleventh Hour, that it changed it and caused the problem. Any any additions, subtractions, uh, changes? No. Okay. Uh, Trip also thinks the star whale is significant, and we'll see it again. I'll keep that. Okay. All right, now we said, um, what was the other thing that we wanted to talk about? Was it uh, in theories? The doctor and when he reached his hand in and stuff. Oh, yeah. Why he didn't disappear, I suppose. And also, what about Rory? Like, will he be coming back? Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. I think I'm going to add on to my, I'm going to make a new theory. I think Rory is going, like, the Doctor is going to find a way to get Rory back, which might cause the um, time machine to explode. Like, crossing through dimensions or something to try and get to Rory could cause the thing to explode and causing the crack. That's an interesting idea. I didn't think about that, but it is entirely possible that... Him trying to save Rory causes it to happen, and that's why Rory disappears, and that sort of plot line there. I like that idea. I don't know if I'm going to go with it, but I do like that idea as a concept. But I don't hate story. it. I don't hate that idea. <laughs> All right. Um, so so Trip thinks the Doctor will find a way to bring back Rory, and whatever that way is, whatever that process is, we'll is going to cause the TARDIS to explode. Is that what you're is, Causing the crap. Which, yeah, okay, yeah. right, right, gotcha. Uh, let's see, which causes slash caused the crack, all right? Corbin, what do you think about Rory? Is he dead and gone forever? Have you seen the last of Rory? There's no way. I mean, okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, I think we made a joke a little bit ago, like, they're not dead unless you see a body, but, like, to a certain degree, if it's a main character, they're not dead Ever, okay. you, they, you just gotta bring him back at some point. So no, I don't think he's dead at all. Do you have Do you have any theories on how Rory will come back? You think so? First of all, you think he's coming back? Yeah. Okay. How? I, honestly, I think they're going to try and stop the explosion, and that consequently never existing will cause Rory to have not never existed in the first place 
and so he's back. <laughs> okay, so you're saying they will they'll find a way what now? They'll stop, to stop the explosion. The ex- okay, to stop the explosion. And that'll you know because which the explosion will, never existed. Which will cause Rory's uh, never having existed to not happen. To not have existed. <laughs> <laughs> Confusing concept, but yeah, uh, yes. that's the idea. Okay, all right. I like that. I like that. I like the. I like the way so you're basically bring back Rory by stopping the crack. Yeah, basic idea. So, so stop, stop the crack, save the Rory. Yeah, we'll have to see if any of that comes true. All right, so um, that brings us down to listener input. Um, I didn't see any notifications this week that we got any new reviews, uh, but we'll keep watching for that. So remember, if your birth month is October, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a review. And if your birthday birth month is not October, give us a review anyway. We're trying to get one per month. We didn't get one in September, so we got to get two in October to make up for it so we can finish uh, this mission up in the end of the year here. As for the game plan, the show itself, we're just chugging along through Series 5. Uh, the next special episode is not going to be until after we're done with Series 5. We'll have a classic Who Rewind featuring the third Doctor story, The Terror of the Autons, which is the first appearance of the Master. So we get to meet the, the old school version of the Master and see what he's all about. Uh, so join us next time as we discuss Series 5, Episode 10, Vincent and the Doctor. I'm just going to say in advance, no spoilers or anything, but grab a hanky. Oh, this is a good one. Vincent and the Doctor? Vincent and the Doctor. Like Vincent Van Gogh? Is, uh, what do you think? I'm guessing, yeah. yeah. Okay. We've met Shakespeare and whatnot. We have met Shakespeare. We're going to assume. Uh, we met, uh, what's her name? Uh, what was that author? Uh, the one that yeah, was the mystery. still existing like a couple thousand years afterwards. Yeah, the murder mystery author. Yeah, what was her name? Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie, way to go. Uh, so Corbin thinks we're going to meet Vincent Van Gogh, Vincent Van Gogh next week. New theory. Uh, new theory. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, this 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 is a good one. This I'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to doing this one again. So, guys, Noobs in the Hoovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside, especially this week. Your senior producer is Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. Our trip. Uh, Our production editor is this other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wakia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection. And shout-outs, as always, to Jared and to Victor for the Patreon support. Victor, we love you. We haven't forgotten you. I promise. You can find us at Facebook.com slash NoobsInTheHoovian. You can email us at NoobsInTheHoovian at gmail.com. And consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash NoobsInTheHoovian. If you forgot any of those addresses, go to NoobsInTheHoovian.com for that information, as well as the full show notes for this episode and everything that we've got. Make sure wherever you found us that you subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name's Austin, I'm the Hoovy, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the news. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.